1: Minecraft Earth is sadly leaving the Minecraft family of games on June 30th, and it will leave a small but memorable legacy. However, Minecraft Earth was home to many unique and interesting features that would be a shame to see die with the game. So how could these features find a home in vanilla Minecraft? Let's find out in this episode of Dig Straight Down. What is going on, Crafters? Welcome to yet another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC, recorded on January 21st, 2021. Welcome to the show. Guys, to open up this episode, we have a couple of really great pieces of fan mail from fans of the show, guys, if you have anything that you would like to say that might be read out on the show, if you have any questions or comments at all, please email me at at digstraightdowncast.gmail.com. Also, if you have emailed me in the past and either have not gotten a reply or haven't heard anything back from me, don't worry, I'm still going through some of the messages and I, I will do my best to get to them all. Um, but these came in a little while ago. And I thought that I would read them out on the show. So, first one, from GameTag36. They say, Hi, Rebel JC. I am a massive fan of the podcast. I have listened since episode one. That makes me happy. <laughs> I introduced my friend to it, and we have both left Apple podcast reviews. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that, GameTag and GameTag's friend. <laughs> um... They say I am emailing because I have some Minecraft ideas. Idea number 1: a radioactive jewel called orpiment or orpiment, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. If you stand too close to it for too long, you will get poisoned. Orpiment, will, orpiment, orpiment <laughs> would be a glowing orange color that you could see in the dark. Idea number 2: baby dragon mini boss. <laughs> After you beat the ender dragon, if you leave the egg uncollected for too long, it will spawn the baby dragon mini-boss, which will not let you leave the end until you beat it. Love the podcast. Keep digging straight down. From your biggest fan, (laughs) GameTag36. Well, GameTag, that email made me very happy. Thank you so much for taking the time to write me, to write the show and to give me such excellent compliments that are not inflating my ego at all. (laughs) Um, Anyway, all joking aside, seriously, this makes my day to see emails like this, Um, keep them coming. For the ideas, yeah, I've always wanted to have some sort of radioactive jewel or radioactive material. Um, The idea of something that is like a light source, but there's a risk to using it, has has been with stuck with me for a long time. I do think that if I could pronounce this rightly, orpiment or any other sort of like radioactive um, mineral, maybe like plutonium or uranium or something like that, something that could actually harm you, but maybe gives a really unique type of light, maybe like a colored light or something like that. I think that that would be really awesome and really would be very well fitting to see this happen in the cave and cliffs update as far as the baby dragon mini boss i think that this would make a good mod i don't know if i want to see this in vanilla but it just it just made me so you know it was just struck me as so hilarious to think about a little baby Uh, Ender dragon, you know zipping around in the end just like taking bites out of you if you if you don't leave If you if you know almost in retaliation for killing its its parent Um, I don't know it kind of struck me as sort of like a um An equivalent to the baby zombie and how comical those mobs are yet Somehow even more difficult to fight than the adult version (laughs) Um, I would like to see somebody do this as a mod and then make a video out of it um, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want the, that in the um, vanilla game, but I think that that is a pretty funny idea there and a really good one as far as the radioactive uh, gem is concerned. So thank you so much again, Game Tag Thirty Six, for this email. The second email is from Oliver, and Oliver says, "I love your show and I listen to it when I'm feeling down or anxious." Well, Oliver, um, I am glad that. I can be there for you. I know um, from a little bit of my own experience um, and a lot from other people's experience who are close to me that anxiety and um, feeling down can really, really be an issue. So I'm glad that you find some relief, perhaps, through listening to my show. So thank you for letting me know about that. Uh, They continue. I'm thinking of making a podcast and I might need some help with a title. Well, for that, goodness gracious, there are no end of Minecraft podcast titles. Um, Actually, I had a list of them somewhere. I don't think I can pull them up right now. But um, if you're thinking about making a podcast, think about what you want to talk about specifically in Minecraft. There are a lot of Minecraft podcasts out there right now that cover a lot of news and update um, uh, type content. Uh, And I think those are great. Um I think when you tackle something that a lot of people a lot of other people are doing, then you need to make it unique to yourself um, instead of just sort of doing a copy of what they're doing. I think that's what sets you apart a little bit. But if say for instance, you wanted to create a podcast that's all about redstone, um, by the way, I think the Redstone Observer is a great title for that podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, that would be a a, a specific focus within the larger focus of Minecraft. For instance, obviously, my focus in Dig Straight Down is possibilities that could come to Minecraft, ideas for future updates, that kind of thing, as well as a little bit of a story lore building in the process, sort of as bonus material. But uh, finding that part of Minecraft that really fascinates you, um, that's key. And I would love to uh, be looking around on Google one day for new podcasts and to find a podcast from you about the part of Minecraft that you love the most. So I encourage you to do that. It isn't as difficult as some people might make it out to be, but it also is not very easy. So um, I encourage you to at least do your best and try, and I would love to see what happens uh, as a result. So, Oliver has a couple of ideas here and i'm going to go ahead and read them so oliver says i would like for another type of ore called anthronite and it would be to make an anthronite block if you make four of them and then you would position them in a clover shape and put a bucket of lava in the center it would turn the blocks into an anthronite forge the forge would act like a crafting table with the interface but it would only be Used to make anthronite armor and tools, so this is an idea for a new type of ore. And I mean, I think that there could be room for more ore in in Minecraft. I'm not I'm not one of those people who says no, no more ore. My, my thing is, when you want to add a new type of ore to Minecraft, make it worthwhile and let like go ahead and come up with an idea of how is this ore different than the ores that we already have so we have okay think of think of ores as we have the main family of ores so and i'm I'm going to include um wood and stone in there because the, these things you can make uh tools out of so you have uh, your your tool materials gear materials would be wood stone Um, iron and gold and diamond okay that's the the sort of main family of things that you build you make tools out of Uh, and then the ones that are technically ores would be you know iron gold and diamond those are the main ones the nether update gave us netherite of course and netherite is slightly better as far as i can understand it anyway slightly better than diamond not incredibly better than diamond but slightly better than diamond it's balanced by being very hard to obtain and it has a bonus feature to it that um, it, it does not burn in lava. If you drop a netherite item in lava, it doesn't burn. That's an amazing thing. It makes it makes it makes getting netherite worthwhile, especially if you spend a lot of time in the Nether already. So when you come up with an idea for another ore, you need to come up with an idea for how this ore is. Unique, how this ore is different from gold, diamond, and iron, and even gold, gold, and uh, diamond, and iron. They are different. They're not just different tiers of durability or power. They're different uses with these things. So, iron is the, one of the most versatile materials in Minecraft. You make so many things out of iron. Gold, gold gear, gets the best enchantments. I know a lot of people really hate on gold, because it's not very durable, and I understand, I don't use gold, except in the nether, so I don't get, um, you know, mugged by piglins. (laughs) Um, But gold does have a little bit of unique twist to it, that you do get better enchantments uh, with gold, most of the time, anyway. And diamond, obviously, is sort of just the best all around, because you can get good enchantments, but also it's just a, such a tough material. Um, so if you're coming up with a new type of ore, uh, that's great, but you need to figure out what is the, the one thing about this ore that makes it unique from all the other ones and makes it worth going after. So thank you, Oliver, for your awesome email. Great idea there. All I'm all for adding new ores. So with that being said, guys, I do want to remind you real quick, yes, if you have any questions or comments or anything that you would like to say, please email me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. That email is going to be in the description of this episode. So without further ado, guys, let's get into the Dragon's Egg Challenge. The Dragon's Egg Challenge is an event where three teams of listeners compete in creative challenges to win the Dragon's Egg Trophy. That's this new thing that I've come that I've that I've introduced into this show this year, and we'll see how long it sticks around. I hope it sticks around for a long time. It depends on how interested you guys are. So before we get into each team's answers to the last challenge and the winner of that challenge, I just want to give you all a little update about these challenges. I saw a review of Dig Straight Down on Apple Podcasts, and I thought it raised a great point about how you listeners can take part in the challenges. The review says, Dude, I listen to the podcast all the time when I'm drawing, playing Minecraft, or playing other games. It's so entertaining. But with season three, I'm kind of disappointed with the fact that you replaced listener challenges with the story. The story is equally as entertaining, but maybe you could put the listener challenges in at the end, and people that don't have Discord can't participate in the story. So maybe have a Reddit or a YouTube. Sorry if this is stupid, but this is a great podcast. This is absolutely not a stupid suggestion at all. And I'm so happy to see such a great review on the podcast. It means a lot to me to to see that people are actually enjoying what I am creating. That's amazing. So, in response to the the point that um, this person brought up in the review, that people who don't have Discord can't participate in the story in the Dragon's Egg Challenge... um, First of all, I'm not prepared to tackle the realm of Reddit. That's not something that I'm very familiar with, and from what I've seen, that takes a lot of time and energy and mods and stuff that I'm not not ready to to dip my toes into, so I'm not going to go that direction, at least not now. But I have decided that no one has to take the quiz or be on the Discord to take part in the Dragon's Egg Challenges. What you can do instead is either email me or message me on Twitter, with your answer to the challenge and the team that you would like to be on. Your only disadvantage at this point will be that you won't be able to chat with your team members on Discord, but honestly that shouldn't be an issue. Um, As for the folks on Discord, everything's going to continue as usual. If you haven't taken the quiz to find your team, don't worry about it. Unless you really just want to take the quiz, then that's fine. But don't worry about it otherwise. Just tell me which team you would like to be on, and I will make it happen for you. So with that being said, let's look at each team's answer to the last challenge and see who won. So, from the House of Nightbane, here is the idea that has come from Nightbane. They got the idea from the ruined portal, the ruined nether portal, so they said, why not make a ruined end portal? There would be up to ten portal frames and a chest with diamond and iron gear in it, possibly enchanted. They could spawn in any of the deserts and in caves, but they would be very rare. Small obsidian pillars spawn around it, and there would be an enderman spawner, which would be useful for farms. They were created. Here's the lore. They were created when archaeologists performed an experiment on a stronghold, but it went wrong and exploded, leaving just the portal. It could be found in the deep dark and protected by the wardens very interesting idea here the 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 logic with the 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 having a ruined in portal that the, um that kind of is the equivalent of a ruined nether portal makes a little bit of sense um, and it's it, it's an interesting expansion on the idea of how to get to the end. It adds a little bit more lore to the end portal other than, oh, these people, these mysterious builders from ancient times who built all these other things, built the stronghold and built the nether, I'm sorry, the end portal. But it, it gives, a, basically it's a different variation on the end portal with some different kinds of loot and and an enderman spawner which that would be actually interesting so i said i would rank these on originality attention to detail and how well it fits into minecraft so that's what i'm going to do so originality on this one i'm going to give it a two out of five only because we already have in my opinion anyway ruined in portals in the strongholds So I feel like this is just a different variation of something that already exists. Attention to detail, I give a 5 out of 5. Because they provided pictures on the Discord server, I'm not going to be able to show those pictures at all because there was some reflection of people in the picture um, from the screen. Um, but they did provide those pictures, so I was able to see what this thing looked like, and I thought that was really cool that they took the time to build these things and take pictures and share them back and forth with the teammates. I thought that was an excellent way uh, to do teamwork and to share their ideas. I thought it was awesome. How well it fits into Minecraft, I give it a 3 out of 5, because it is a little redundant. We already have ruined in portals in the stronghold, so I give it an overall, overall score of 10. Moving on to Iron Lock, Iron Lock's idea is this. There is a secret entrance to a ruined redstone bazaar or marketplace underneath desert wells. The bazaar would be ruined with all sorts of signs of life buried under the sand and rubble, as well as some broken down redstone contraptions. For example, a redstone door that doesn't work properly because it's missing a component. There could be a block code for each component to help players learn what component is missing. For example, redstone torches could be placed on red concrete, repeater on orange concrete, etc. This could help teach people how to make simple machines by completing the puzzle. Since archaeology is brushing debris away, there could be levers hidden underground that could be used to activate things, and sand fallen on top of redstone lines that you would brush away and find these things. So to fix the contraptions, you would have to brush away the sand to unearth the ancient doorway. The player finds the missing redstone components, completes the contraption, pushes a button or lever, and watches the ancient machine come back to life. Wow! This is an excellent idea for originality. I give it a five out of five. There is nothing like this close. No, nothing like this in Minecraft, except for perhaps. The Jungle Temple with a little redstone um, a little redstone puzzle there. But I think that the, the lore they provided to this and the fact that this is something that you'll want to piece together other, rather than just break through like we do with the, the Jungle Temple, this is actually a fun thing, and it's teaching players how to make simple machines using redstone. That's an amazing idea. Give it a 5 out of 5 for originality. For attention to detail, I give it a 3 out of 5. For how well it fits into Minecraft, I give it a 4 out of 5. And that gives us an overall score of 12 going to House Ironlock. Now, moving on to Arcalor. The new structure they've come up with is the Catacombs. And these Catacombs are found in the Deep Dark. New biome that's coming out in the Caves and Cliffs update. It is a maze-like network of ruined, narrow tunnels located deep in the heart of the overworld. Crypts filled with skeletons and deadly traps are found throughout the catacombs, as well as crawl spaces that you must crouch to pass through, and and the warden cannot pass through these. Only the occasional candle lights the dark catacombs, and the only sounds are the rattling of bones and the whir of bats. Some of the possible loot you might find in these catacombs are chests containing candles, skulls, enchanted books, and even the occasional enchanted weapon found in the crypts. But watch out for skulk and redstone-powered traps. So for the lore surrounding this structure, the architecture resembles that of strongholds. Maybe the people that built these catacombs also built the strongholds clearly whoever it was has long since abandoned them and where they have gone is unknown but the end portal found in the stronghold may be the key to the mystery the catacombs have archaeological remains to be discovered though pottery shards depicting death and also the creation of a portal to another world (laughs) wow okay this was a great idea so originality give it a 3 out of five, I did think it did res- it did resemble a little bit of what we already saw with some of the teaser videos for the Warden from uh, Minecraft Live. But I thought it this this is just such a great description. Attention to detail: a four out of five. And how well it fits into Minecraft? Also a four out of five with a score of eleven. And so, guys who have been doing the math, the winning team is the proud house of ironlock let's roll some victorious sounding music as we read the names of the victors hinbonk incredamike Obni, spark bandit 04 lightning 7210 and catcraft 50 seven note as as the as the victorious sounding music fades out all the way note that they only have one two three four five six members they are the smallest team they won this challenge they are the smallest team so numbers don't really matter in this challenge by the way but if you're looking to join a team and you don't really have an opinion as which team you want to join, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I, I encourage you to go to the smaller teams just so that we can have a, even numbers. So Ironlock is a great team, has great team members. They all do, by the way. But Ironlock is, is, is has won. So there we go. Uh, if if you're interested in joining a team, Ironlock is a good team to join. Now, this means what? What does this mean for Ironlock? They just won their their victorious roll call. Their victorious proclaiming their names <laughs> on the pro, uh, on the on the podcast here they also win the dragon's egg trophy itself this trophy will be pinned into their common room on the discord server and it will have have no other appearance anywhere else on the entire discord until it perhaps moves to another house so as long as they remain the winners They get to keep the Dragon's Egg Trophy pinned in their common room, and it will be nowhere else in the entire server. So, congratulations to Ironlock. Your creativity and your engineering (laughs) prowess has won the day for you. So, for the next challenge, I want to see you teams create a new type of villager this could simply be a new villager profession complete with a job site a new village building and trades or it can be a new type of villager NPC altogether much like the wandering trader who is in fact a member of the villager family the ideas as always will be judged on originality attention to detail and how well it fits into the world of Minecraft each team can put forward more than one idea. So don't be shy to disagree with each other and come up with your own answers. However, I really want to see the team members working together on this. Whoever has the best ideas, as determined by the judge, me, will win the dragon's egg and we'll have a full team member shout out in the next episode. Again, if you want to take part in this challenge, you can either join a team on the Discord or you can email me with your ideas and tell me which team you would like to be on. The deadline for this challenge is Wednesday, February third. Now, let's dig into the main discussion of this episode. And for the main discussion of this episode, I have with me Spark Bandit Is it 04 or 05? 04. (laughs) SparkBand 04. Joining me for the main discussion of this episode, we've got a couple of things we're going to talk about. First on the list is the most recent, as of this recording, most recent Minecraft snapshot, which is 20W3, no, I'm sorry, 21W03A. And a lot of cool things have been added in this snapshot, um, not least of which has, is the Glow Squid, which won the mob vote in the the um, previous Minecraft live event. Um, I personally voted for the Isologer. So, which one was your favorite of those three? The, the It was the iceolager, the Glow Squid, and the Moobloom.
0: Can I just say, I think the Moobloom was kind of dumb. I mean, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I
1: agree. Um, <laughs> I voted also for the Isolager
0: just because... I mean, I mean, the glows could cool. I don't know. I just... Humanoid things seemed cooler, but it's fine.
1: Well, I, I agree. The The Moobloom... While I would have still loved to have seen the Mood bloom added, because um, I think it looks cool, and I think, you know, it, it, anything really added to Minecraft is a good thing. Almost... I mean, pretty much. Um, I, I do think of the three, it was the lamest by far, and I'm very glad that it didn't win. <laughs> um... But the Glow Squid, I didn't vote for the Glow Squid, but from what I've seen, it's actually pretty cool as far as like an atmospheric mob, but also it adds a few new things to the game. I'm just going to go down the list of things, of notes from the Minecraft uh, website. Glow Squids have been added, but do not yet spawn naturally. You can find eggs spawn eggs for them in the creative inventory. Glow squids are well lit and can be seen from even far distances. When killed, glow squids drop glow ink sacks. Glow ink sacks can be used on signs to make the text super visible even at night. It works with colors as well. Craft a glow item frame by combining a glow ink sack with an item frame in a crafting table. Any item in a glow item frame is perfectly illuminated even at night. Use an ink sack on a sign to remove the glow effect. Axolotls will attack any glow squids they see, so be careful. So the glow squid is not just a pretty mob that um, kind of shines in the the ocean. It actually adds a few really cool things to the game. I think especially the glow item frame is really awesome to me. Um, Just the ability to have something... In a dark room, but illuminated, like a, almost like a display. Mm-hmm. So uh, I imagine a lot, a lot of people like building museums and stuff, mm-hmm. putting special items of from their adventures in item in these glow item frames, but having like very moody lighting. So it's almost like these things are being backlit in a way. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be really really cool. Absolutely, and also just kind of to follow the logical
0: order of things, I'd like to see glow glow sacks be um implemented on like banners just so we can have glowing designs on banners i mean that's just you know another thing i also am really excited about like traveling on the oceans at night and seeing almost like a celestial almost like stars but like on the ocean floor yeah you know and just that kind of like soothing feeling you know and then you get killed by a drown but you know (laughs) before that like you know just that soothing like you know twinkling like lights
1: that would be really cool it is interesting from from the um, the uh, the video that they had in the mob vote um, event, a lot of people were speculating that the glow squid would have some sort of hypnotic effect either on the player or on like other sea creatures, just from some some things that were happening in the video. But that hasn't happened. I don't know if that's just not a direction they're going in or if that's that's um, something that will be added in the future um i think it would be a really cool thing if maybe like fish and drowned and stuff kind of like stopped and stared every time they come in cl- contact with the glow squid but we'll see i, I it, so far it doesn't look like that's going to happen yeah
0: but and we'll also see. the fact that they're like in like caverns mm-hmm. it would be cool to have a block that was like a fossil block that you could find in the caverns that maybe has like imprints of like a like a tiny squid oh, yeah. on it and it, this is kind of far fetched but it would be fun to have the squid's reenact, like, constellations on the on the ocean floor. <laughs> that would be really hard to do, but in some way have that. Interesting. And so it's the fossilizations could have, mm-hmm. like, a mural of, like, a constellation fossilized. In
1: Just kind sort of it. naturally generating in a mm-hmm. cave. Um, another thing that was added was glow lichen. It is a dim light source that generates in caves. We use shears to pick it up and bone meal to spread it along block surfaces. And I... Um, Commented, or I I, I replied in a tweet to this. um, uh, One of the Minecraft developers, Henrik Nyberg, tweeted this 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 uh, addition, and I just I just replied and I said this is a really great uh, addition to the game because we now have a very very low profile, hardly noticeable light source that also gives us a way to really control light levels in a in a dark area um, because they they're very dim they they're not going to stop spawns but they they add a very uh good like warm visual effect and uh henrik replied uh to me he said we want the lichen itself to be barely noticeable so it doesn't visually compete with ores and such and i think that's a it's just such a great design for this this new plant that we're gonna find in caves um, and actually, uh, I can't remember if it was Exuma. I think it was Exuma, uh, Exuma Void um, on YouTube who showed how to make a glow lichen form um, with uh, some a dispenser and bow meal and some shears. And it, it's going to be fairly easy to obtain and very useful in designing builds. Um, the other, the only other change in this uh, snapshot is that dripstone blocks can now be crafted from four-pointed dripstone items. So that's really cool, and I can't wait to see that appear in more builds in the future. Um, so moving on to the next little topic here, Minecraft Earth, as many of the listeners already know, is closing. From the Minecraft official site, they say... On June 30th, we will discontinue all content and service support for the game. This means that we will stop all development, and after that date, you will be unable to download or play Minecraft Earth anymore. Which is kind of sad. I mean, I, I I played a little bit of it um at home here, and my my little boy. Uh, my, he, three-year-old would come up to me saying i want to tap a sheep i want to tap a sheep and that would have been his his favorite game on my phone was what he would call, he just called it tap a sheep <laughs> so um i'm going to miss that but uh i see this as an opportunity so the question is now that minecraft earth is coming to an end how could some of its features find a home in vanilla minecraft And I just went uh, and did a little search of um, Minecraft Earth features that are unique to that game. And there there are quite a number of really interesting things that I think could be brought over into the vanilla game. First up, rubies. Now, rubies were used in the game to purchase build plates, boosts, and to speed up crafting and smelting tasks in Minecraft Earth. I think... That rubies could be used in the game to improve enchantments on gear. So maybe if you have efficiency uh, 4 on your pickaxe and you want to bump it up without having to get another efficiency 4 book. Maybe you use a ruby and it bumps it up one level. That might be pretty interesting. I think it could also be used to customize the texture of armor. So maybe adding rubies to armor in a a, uh, smithing table gives your armor like ruby gemstone studs on it maybe in different designs or possibly you could use the rubies to barter with illagers similar to bartering with piglins but can only be done with it from a distance or maybe even if you if you want to avoid the the issue of having to be careful around illagers maybe you can only use rubies to barter with cro uh pillagers whose crossbows have broken mhm yeah
0: so, that, yeah, that would be really cool Yeah, see people make farms out of that. Also, have you ever played Terraria? Uh,
1: The smallest little bit.
0: Okay. Well, there's a um aspect of the game called, like, heart crystals that mm-hmm. you find underground. And I think you could have it similar where you only find one at a time, and it's like a, a ruby, and you use it, and you basically, like, press it into your armor, and it's an extra heart while you're wearing yeah. that armor. That's not in Terraria, but the heart crystal thing is. And that would be so awesome because, like a ruby, you know, it's red. It's like a heart almost, you know. And so, like, you can press up to like three rubies in your chest plate, oh, that and would be it will really cool. like give you three extra hearts while you're wearing that chest plate. One more idea I had mm. for the rubies yeah. was maybe you can imbue a ruby into the hilt of your sword, and it'll do like one heart extra damage. So once you've gotten, you know, the netherite sword with sharpness, you know, th- the whole thing. There's like one more thing you can do to make it take one more heart away. Yeah. So.
1: I would like to see that, absolutely. So the next uh, feature in Minecraft Earth is mud and mud buckets, and this one might be my favorite one. Um, In Minecraft Earth, using a bucket of mud on a solid block deposits a source block of mud that flows outward by one block on all sides. Water flows over the mud and destroys the source block if it touches it. Muddy Pigs, which is just a variant of Pigs, are often seen playing and rolling in mud. And if flowing lava comes into contact with flowing mud, it creates dirt. Not that we need renewable dirt, but this would actually be super useful in a game like Skyblock or other games like that. Um, I would just like to see this because maybe this could be a way to have a flowing um, liquid-like resource in the nether that isn't lava, so it's so you could use it in place of water in storage, in um, sorting systems, and, mm-hmm. and uh, moving items around without risking burning things in a flow of lava. Also, you could use it in things like blaze farms and stuff. Mm-hmm. The next one is a Skeleton Wolf, and it behaves just like a normal wolf, except it's not hostile to skeletons, and it sinks in water because it's undead, and it's a skeleton. I think that that would just be a really cool animal. Good stuff. Uh, the bouldering zombie acts like a normal zombie in terms of damage and behavior, but are capable of scaling up blocks like a spider. That would be super creepy. The lobber zombie is a rotten variant of the zombie. Oh, I mean, I would assume that the regular zombie was also rotten. But the lobber zombie throws meat projectiles, and I'm, I'm assuming this is like its own flesh <laughs> that it's throwing. It's ripping off, ripping off parts of itself and throwing it at you. I don't know about this one, but I don't know. Maybe if you could find, maybe you could find this in really strange uh, areas or maybe like, maybe like the, the badlands or something like some more obscure biome like that might be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The melon golem uh, function nearly the same as snow golems. Uh, So you build it basically like a snow golem, but instead of a pumpkin, you put a melon on it said, Mm -hmm. um, it attacks hostile mobs with projectiles but it does not shoot snowballs it shoots melon seeds in bursts of four melon seeds so more like a you know like a shotgun rather than a you know mm-hmm. <laughs> snowball yeah. and they also move by hopping around instead of sliding around so i mean just for comedic effect i think that this should be in <laughs> vanilla mine and also
0: that would mean that you would maybe have like carved melons and it would have a different design so you know just for like um what's the word like variants sake you know have different designs might be pretty cool
1: yeah the furnace golem when a furnace golem sees any hostile mob its face and eyes ignite and then it starts attacking which may set the hostile mob on fire a furnace golem does not stop attacking the hostile until the hostile mob is killed once killed the iron golems and face revert to gray During the attacks, the furnace golem can light its surroundings on fire, causing blocks to burn and spread flames, which can threaten builds. Furnace golems can hand out torches, similar to how the iron golem hands out poppies to villagers, and they are damaged by water. So I could see how the furnace golem might be useful if you were attacking a pillager outpost or something. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want this walking around my village.
0: <laughs> I can see.
1: But if you have a situation like you're wanting to just launch an attack on, like, a, a pillager outpost or a woodland mansion or something, where you don't really care if it gets destroyed, I think this would be pretty... This is basically a, a bomb version of the Iron Golem. <laughs> Which is I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Does it throw, like, fire charges? Like... I, don't, I really don't know. I haven't ever. I never saw these in the game. But um, I think it just basically just heats up everything. Okay. Just like everything around it just gets really hot. Which I would imagine would hurt you as a player too. But anyway, that would be pretty cool to see. Um, Viler witches. They act similarly to normal witches. But they are also able to use lingering potions of harming and poison in combat. So instead of just splash potions, they usually use lingering potions they will usually drink an invisible invisibility potion before attacking and will drink a potion of healing if they're hurt they're immune to poison and damage from harming potions so basically an op witch <laughs> yes. um in the lingering potion that's that's quite powerful but i still would i would love to see these mm-hmm
0: and just for the lore, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of cool if they had like like a dragon teeth like tooth necklace because that's how you get lingering potions. Oh, that's true. So they have their like their theme is almost like dragon, and they could have like a certain like that helmet on or a robe that has yeah. like the dragon. Because um, obviously, insignia on.
1: obviously, somehow they got dragon's breath. Mm-hmm. That that would be really interesting to you- see.
0: Are there? Is there going to be like a viler witch hut? It's almost like has better loot and it has yeah. like maybe two or three rooms.
1: Yeah, it curious. should be like a bigger, almost like cabin type mm-hmm. thing in the swamp. Yeah. Like a, you know, the, almost the like a woodland you know, the story of Baba Yaga in no. Russian mythology. It's, she's really creepy. She's basically this creepy old witch who lives in a house with chicken legs. Anyway, I think if there was like a structure, it was like a house with chicken legs, and this thing lived in there like Baba Yaga. Yeah, that
0: would. Be it would a... that could almost be like a a new structure. Yeah, like you know how they have the Woodland Mansion, have like the, the you know the witch's cabin. Mm-hmm. It's just a bigger version of the witch's house.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That would be pretty amazing to encounter, um, but that would be a very difficult <laughs> uh, battle. But I would like to see it. Uh, Bone spiders are basically just spiders that shoot bone shards as a ranged attack. I imagine same rules apply to them because they seem to be undead. I would imagine they burn up in the sun and they can sink in water instead of swim.
0: And probably have a higher possibility of spawning as a jockey
1: rider too. Oh yeah, that would make that would make a lot of. Oh, that would be terrible though, because the the, the skeleton would be shooting at you as well as the spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that would be like a rare instance yeah. of a of a jockey, but that would be. I mean, maybe add this to the Badlands to make the Badlands actually bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like like I've been saying, every time I talk about the Badlands, I'm like, I want the Badlands to be actually a bad thing. I want to see Ravagers in the Badlands. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah. like, like, like like without wild. saddles on them. Yeah, just like the wild Ravagers. Oh, my God. Just herds of wild ravagers, yeah. almost like buffalo. Yeah.
0: And if they're going to add the fossil block, maybe in the Badlands also have like skeleton spider like fossils.
1: Yeah, I would like to see that. The last um, unique mob in uh, Minecraft Earth is the tropical slime. It's a variant of a slime with a water based texture filled with tropical fish. So basically, it's a slime with a lot of fish swimming around in it. And I just think that that would be. An amazing thing to encounter just on the on the yeah. on a on a beach, you know. And not only would it drop a slime ball, but it would also drop fish.
0: It'd also be like so when you this, when they're at their smallest level, you like you kill it, and just like a fish flops around. Yeah, and you're done.
1: Yeah, cool. that would be so cool. I would I would love to see basically every one of these mobs in one form or another in the game, as well as the the other mob variations that are from Minecraft Earth of mobs that we already know and love i mean there's there's a handful of different types of cows pigs rabbits all these things in minecraft earth that i i would be very sad to see them just cease to exist um after minecraft earth ceases to exist so it's my hope that we'll see at least some of these things being brought into future iterations of Vanilla Minecraft or Minecraft Dungeons, I'd be okay with that. Even though I have a Mac and I can't play Minecraft Dungeons myself, but uh, that would be pretty cool to see. All right, well that brings us to the end of this main discussion. Thanks, Spark Bandit, for joining me, mm-hmm. and uh, let's dig into the next chapter of Oakenstone Academy. Full month had passed since Rebel spoke with the trader in Coral Cove, and the final feast of the first semester was held in the Great Hall of Oakenstone Academy. The House of Ironlock had won the honor of keeping the Dragon's Egg as a trophy in their common room, as a reward for their accomplishments that semester. Even though it had been revealed that it was an Ironlock student who had built the diorite tree in the courtyard, the antics that night were wild as usual. Ironlock students held a party around the diorite tree after the feast. Nightbane was up to their usual pastimes of dueling in the courtyard, scampering across the parkour course, or playing a heated game of spleef. Several Arcalor students disappeared for a few hours, headed in the direction of Grindstone Village where the villagers were all sleeping peacefully. Not even the patrolling iron golems noticed as the village cats were led away one by one back to Arcalor Tower. Rubble met with the heads of the houses after the feast, and began to set the plan in motion. By now, all the staff knew of Rubble's dreams and his conversation with the trader, and they had already decided who would undertake each quest. Final agreed to undergo the quest of finding the ruined portal and entering the nether in the hopes of finding the allies the trader had spoken of. Lamaface chose to locate the ancient stronghold and enter the end in search of the dragon-headed ship. Spark wanted to search for the dead city and uncover the mysteries it promised. Rebel would search the bloodline of the king to find the heir to the throne. They would embark on the quest the next day, taking only a handful of the students to their houses who had graduated that semester. There was no way of knowing how long their journeys would be, so the academy would continue as usual in their absence. Sleep did not come easy that night for anyone, but especially Rebel. He had not been able to sleep for a while and when morning finally dawned the next day phantoms burned in the sky as they dove repeatedly at his window final and her team of night bane graduates were the first to embark soon after the sun rose they carried with them plenty of gold armor and ingots from the academy's treasury knowing they would need these in case they encountered piglins based on advice from rebel and a few of the cartographers in grindstone village final led her team eastward towards the feet of the ice helm mountains in search of the portal created long ago by the mage of the citadel long ago there had been free travel between the free kingdom and the nether a great portal system had been built in the northwestern regions of the kingdom but now that area was dangerous and overrun with pillager patrols and no builder of the realm had been to the nether in many generations they had no way of knowing what was going on in the lower dimension The mountains finally towered overhead after a day of slowly calming the valley for any sign of the portal, and they secured an area to camp for the night, placing torches and campfires strategically around them so no creatures of the night had any shadows through which to enter their campsite. The next morning they packed up again and began to carefully search the area. To the north of the spur of the mountains they had camped under was a dark oak forest and after picking their way cautiously in the dangerous shadows, they finally found it. The ruined portal, hidden in the thick forest. There were only two blocks of obsidian missing from the frame, and these were quickly replaced from an old chest found close by. The night bane stood back and watched as final lit the inside of the frame with her flint and steel. There was a loud noise, and a thin quivering film of purple energy sprung to life within the obsidian rectangle. For a minute, they stood there silent, their faces lit up by the glow of interdimensional energy. Then with a silent motion, Final beckoned them to follow her through. One by one, they passed through the portal, each dressed in golden armor, and watched as the image of the overworld melted away. A sound like a rushing wind roared in their ears as they fell through the rift, and they emerged into a strange land. The first thing they noticed was the wave of heat that rolled over them and the smell of sulfur and mold that instantly filled their noses. They were in a blue-green forest, carpeted by blue-green nilium, illuminated by strange golden mushroom-like blocks in the trees. One of the nightbanes, Indigo, identified it as a warped forest, described in one of the old books they had brought with them. Before they could decide what direction to head out in, The decision was made for them by the sudden appearance of a screaming ghast. Fireballs rained down upon them as they dove for the cover of the trees. One of the fireballs hit the portal, which shattered with a deafening noise. They lost the ghast in the forest and decided to strike out in a straight line, marking their way back with torches. Eventually they emerged from the warped forest into a waste cliffside, overlooking an enormous lake of lava. They stood for a while, dumbfounded. Never had they seen anything like this before. Their stupor was broken by the arrival of something just as foreign to them, a band of piglins. The piglins approached slowly, swords drawn and crossbows lifted. The nightbanes put their weapons away slowly, showing they meant no harm. One of the piglins broke from the group and came closer. He was wearing a complete set of gold armor. Final, remembering what she had read about piglin culture, tossed a single gold ingot to him. He picked it up, examined it for a moment, then tossed back a handful of iron nuggets. "'Where do they get the iron?' whispered one of the nightmanes named Rovio. The piglin heard the question. "'Old teeth,' he answered. His voice was coarse. He motioned to himself. "'I am Urcha. We are the Ironhides. You are strangers here.' "'We are from the Free Kingdom,' answered Final. "'From the Overworld. We are on a mission to find our allies from times long past.' Urcha grunted with displeasure. "'You seek the fire kindred, then,' he said. "'We will take you to them. Follow us and touch no gold.' The Nightbanes heeded the grave warning as they followed the piglins through the nether. They seemed to be skirting the edge of the lava lake, following a path visible only to the skilled eyes of the piglin natives. The Nightbanes watched the alien landscape passing by with eager eyes. Once, a gigantic black structure loomed out of the red fog of a crimson forest, ancient and crumbling, yet alive with activity. Home, explained Urcha when Final asked him about it. Ancient birthplace. The brutes are the bosses of the bastion now, so it isn't safe for you. One day, we shall see it restored and rebuilt. After about an hour of walking, they made their way onto what seemed to be a levee built into the lava. As they walked, another structure began to emerge from the dense fog, this one even larger than the bastion remnant of the piglins. It was a city built on pillars over the lava. Final counted fifteen towers, some hanging from the nether roof, built out of red nether bricks and sparkling white quartz. The levee led to a large black stone gate. Two figures stood on the battlements. One of them called out, "'What do you want, Urcha?' Her voice was laced with derision. Urcha snorted at the guard's tone. We brought overworlders seeking audience with Emperor Ray's. He answered. The guards spoke between themselves. One of them disappeared behind the gate. They waited for a while. Final noticed Urcha looking at a pillar of gold. Anger glinting in his small eyes. There was a sound of pistons firing, and the blackstone gate opened. There stood the guard, and a man dressed in leather armor dyed red and black with a gold helmet. The man motioned for Final and the Night vanes. Overworlders, come in and welcome to the city of Embersong. As Final and her group left, Urcha whispered to her. Be careful, he warned. Thanks, she whispered back. They entered the city, and the gate closed behind them. The man introduced himself as Calamus, brother of the emperor, and as they made their way towards the center of the city, he pointed out many things that boggled their minds. They passed by massive marketplaces filled with people buying food and plants. Entire towers were dedicated to farms of sheep, flowers, and cattle, and other crops that did not grow natively in the nether. There were structures lit from within by furious flashing lights, which Calamus explained were blaze farms. The city was vibrant a cool island of color in an otherwise red-hot world. Embersong was the capital of the Firekindred Empire and one of the seven cities that marked the Firekindred territory. They came at last to a majestic palace built entirely from gold and quartz blocks and lit by strange lanterns of blue fire. The Emperor's throne room was bright and fiery, every wall adorned with red and gold banners. The floor was a mosaic made of nether bricks and gilded blackstone. A red carpet led from the entrance all the way to a long quartz table, which sat under the shadow of a massive gold throne. There sat Emperor Rays, dressed in dark armor, glinting with enchanted power. So, the overworlders have deigned to leave their realms of daylight on high and visit my humble kingdom, the proud emperor said, his voice lazy and heavy with pride welcome and well met friends come to my table and eat and let me hear your tale what news do you bring from the free kingdom final and the night banes bowed in respect and gathered around the table a servant in the corner pressed a button and food fell from hidden dispensers onto the table rabbit stew pumpkin pie and even golden carrots and golden apples Final's eyes widened at such a rich feast. You're wondering how we have these things in the nether, guessed the Emperor. As you probably know, there was once trade between the fire kindred and the Free Kingdom. The food you're enjoying is a result of that trade. We kept the rabbit populations growing, reserved for royalty and distinguished guests. The Emperor's eyes narrowed. But we never expected to receive guests from the Free Kingdom again, not since it was conquered by the Illagers. Final swallowed a gulp of rabbits too. We were not conquered, your highness, she said, just broken, but we are renewing our strength now. The kingdom is being restored, and we have come on a mission to rekindle the alliance that once existed between our nations." Raze regarded the feasting nightbanes for a few moments, smiling. Then he stood. Yes, indeed, it has been too long since my people and yours lived in harmony as neighbors. The fire kindred will rebuild the portals and give whatever aid the free kingdom requires to return to its former strength. Calamus glanced at his brother, then down at the floor, his face troubled, but he said nothing. I am glad to hear it, said Final. We should return with haste to the overworld to spread the news. Emperor Ray's lifted a hand. No, no, you must stay with me. I want to learn more about your kingdom, and then I will go with you myself. You must tell me everything there is to know and so the Night Banes enjoyed the Emperor's hospitality for a while longer. But outside the walls of Embersong, Chief Urcha of the Ironhides grew uneasy. He stood on the crumbling battlements of his tribe's bastion, watching Embersong through an ancient heirloom spyglass he had discovered in a cache on one of his patrols. The Blackstone Gate was shut tight like a trap, with the friendly overworlders inside. They were beyond his help now. He could only hope, They were being careful. And that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, guys, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at dickstraightdowncast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can also join the Discord. And you can connect with me on Twitter at RebelJC underscore 92. And if you're feeling particularly generous today, please drop by Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would love to see it. And until next episode, guys, keep digging straight down.